It's time to take the good with the bad. Love it or hate it on Asteroid G. You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... Josh Elizabeth Shue Schaefer. (laughs) 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 Were you... Was your was your middle name recast from the first film? Yes. <laughs> it definitely was. <laughs> okay, this week on Asteroid G, although we've done Back to the Future as an overview before, we're going to go back and get a little more detailed on Back to the Future 2 with a love it or hate it episode about that specific movie, especially since just recently we went over that movie over on the website. So... Nice synergy right there. Um, but yeah, that's the, before we actually get into the movie itself, I just want to comment on the, what, what Josh just raised right here with Elizabeth Shue, because I feel so bad for her in these yeah. movies. She gets, Me too. She gets to take over this role, gets like five minutes of screen time in the, in the second film, and then doesn't appear until the ending of the third. And you're like, why did you even accept this role, girl? Right? Yeah. She wanted to get in with Disney. Mm. But Back to the Future is Universal. Right. Well, okay. She wanted to get in with Universal. Didn't um, uh, Adventures in Babysitting come out after this one? Maybe. After that was, was in this one? I think so. That was like her big lead role. I mean, her breakout yeah. was the Karate Kid, but... Yeah. 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 Okay, that's fair. Hey, and she might no. be returning to Cobra Kai. Just be aware of that one. Because of the ending of that. I know. That was, yeah. uh, we, we, were, we weren't going to talk about Back to the Future. We were going to talk about something else. And then I kind of lost my entire week to the Karate Kid. So. <laughs> <laughs> we should have just done the Karate Kid, Mike. I, I, maybe maybe next time. We can, we can overview it sometime soon if everyone's up to speed. But <laughs> moving away from Elizabeth Shue and actually focusing on the movie we're supposed to be discussing today. Thanks, Josh, for throwing us all off. With with Elizabeth Shue, Adventures in Babysitting came out two years before Back to the Future 2. Oh, really? And before that was The Karate Kid in 84. Yeah, I knew Karate Kid was in 84. Yeah. 87 was Babysitting. And 89 was Back to the Future 2. Which makes her actually around the appropriate age for the character she was playing in Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so rare in Hollywood because you usually get people 10 years older than the characters they're playing. As in the case of Ralph Macchio in the Karate Kid movies. But without any of that, she would not have been able to do Hamlet 2 in 2008. <laughs> I'm sure that was a big high point for her career right there. Anyway, <laughs> back to the future too. So the love it or hate it side of things, and we'll, we'll get the other perspectives in just a second, but I, I think it's fair to say that I am not a fan of this movie. I... Liked it a little more this last time when I went back and watched it than I did on the previous watchings, just because I, you know, watching it with a critical eye, you can see certain things about how the production worked, and you can appreciate some of the special effects and the prescience of certain ideas that they had, like, you know, Donald Trump taking over the world, which is sobering. <laughs> um, but most of this movie just doesn't work for me. It has a plot line that seems to be more in love with the first film and just recreating scenes from the first film, such as the entire town hall sequence, just doing it again with hoverboards after Marty goes to the diner. Uh, Then, of course, the back half of the movie basically obsesses over the previous film in quite literal sense by having 
future Marty wandering around with, like, in and around the scenes of past Marty. Plus, there's an entire plot line that, for the, to give Marty quote-unquote growth, where suddenly he really hates the fact that people call him chicken, which doesn't show up at all in the first movie, and he's actually at times quite willing to be a coward if it, you know, keeps him alive. Um, so it's like all of this amounts to a movie where there's no real forward progression, there's no real character growth because you don't even get the tying up of the Marty Chicken plotline until the third film. Uh, and it's basically just obsessing over everything that happened in the previous one and perhaps one of the most literal sequels I have ever seen. Thoughts? Wow, you really don't like this movie, do you? I really you? don't yeah, like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm kind of neutral. I like the parts where they go into the future because, you know, it's... Kind of cool seeing what they think, uh, what was it, 2020, actually? I will, say, I will say that, well, most of that future, of course, didn't happen five years ago, which, you know, none yeah. of that. The oddly prescient uh, 80s cafe seemed perfectly spot on, honestly. Yeah. I w <laughs> I'm kind of sad that that doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing you'd expect they would have built at this point, because it feels like one of those themed diners that actually should exist in this time period. Yeah, for sure. And that's like the, that's the perfect age for Gen X and early millennials too. Yeah. Which I think is actually kind of interesting is that the Back to the Future movies were really kind of obsessed with the 50s and doing 50s nostalgia at the time. Um, and now we're at a point where 80s nostalgia is a big deal. So it's, we're watching it from one nostalgia through another nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. And we already had our, uh, our generation's Back to the Future, though, with Hot Tub Time Machine, which was a better Back to the Future. <laughs> I always forget about that movie, because it's... I mean, it's fun, but it's not good. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to talk about your what's so great there, Josh, but that's a different, that's a different one that we talk about later. <laughs> So. Um, when it comes to the second movie of Back to the Future, let's let's just say that um, it was an interesting, from the very beginning, it was an interesting concept because not a whole lot of um, directors had done something like this previous. No. So, no. Especially um, not like a back-to-back -back sequel kind of setup. That's true. Yeah. Right. And it's um, it uses a lot of preconceptions of what we wanted the world to be. Um, and it's not that far off to be reasonable uh, to think that, I mean, hoverboards would have been cool, obviously, but, um, you know, and I like how they utilize some of the things from the second movie into the third movie. Um, I actually kind of like it, but that's because, you know, I grew up in the genre of soap operas and having a continual story and, seeing how things play out in a different future. Those are all very cool to me. Um, and although, you know, you had it basically, I think what this movie was trying to do and it, and it does actually pretty well, it shows um, how the more things that change, the more things stay the same. And that is always a commentary on our world is that if we don't change, if we don't change things, they will stay the same. And even if we try to change them, there are people who push them back into being what they currently are. Nobody mm -hmm. likes change and they will continue to basically damage the earth and, you know, not make anything significant, thus making no real change. 
because people don't like change and they would they don't they don't they just don't i, I feel like we're um, talking about trump again here <laughs> politics I mean, just ingratiate my life right now <laughs> it's hard not to to make those parallels with trump though because they literally they literally were like what happens what would happen if trump ruled stuff yeah. like that's what the producer and, said flat out is that they modeled a biff of the ultimate 1980s after Donald Trump. Yeah, and yeah. they weren't too far off. No, nope, not, not far oh. off at all. No, I think the only thing they were off about was keeping him limited as mayor of Hill Valley, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, if Trump only became mayor of New York, it'd be that would be a win for me it would have been atlantic city if he was going to be mayor of any place it would have been atlantic city Mm -hmm. yeah because because he had he'd want to be right by his casinos right before they went bankrupt again now he'd probably be mayor of something in florida florida's good arizona is another one that might have elected him before they realized you know and sobered up some yeah that's a good one yeah 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 but (laughs) And it, and it sucks because when I was a kid, I always hated the future Biff parts because I was like, that doesn't seem believable. People are inherently good and aren't bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, aren't evil to the core, Josh. They're yeah. evil to the core. Some yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, you, you get the feeling that the entire Biff ta- or the entire Tannen clan is just bad news start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Which, honestly... That's something that I have an issue with, and this is, okay, so this is more about the third movie than the second one, but I kind of feel like at times you can't discuss the second one without the third because of the fact that they were filmed together. Yeah, Uh, I was about to say, like, they're the same film, but just a year apart. Yeah. Actually, like, only six months apart. Um, The, so you have Marty go into the past in the first one, to the 1950s, and because of his actions there, he improves certain things, and when he gets back to the future, or quote-unquote the future, the present of 1980, uh, his his family's life has subtly improved, and Biff's life has gotten much worse. So it's kind of like by being there, he made enough substantial changes that things, you know, evolved. But when you send him back into the Wild West, and he actually interacts with his own past family members and the past Tannen, which was like hysterically cringy and racist at the same time. Yeah, when he was pretending to be Irish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the, the last day McFly made, like, kind of pointed that out, but at the, at, at least they weren't cracking potato jokes the whole time. I guess it could have been worse. That's true. That's true. <laughs> cracking potato jokes. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's the thing of um, when he went back to the future, the future was exactly the same as if he'd, uh, uh, like, as it was after he got back to the 1980s the first time. There were no big changes again, which makes you think, Shouldn't there have been bigger changes? He went further back in time and interacted in Hill Valley. He should have had a ripple effect across things that happened there, if only for the fact that Tannen went to prison earlier than he was supposed to. Yeah. They had a street named after him, remember? Yeah. It was Eastwood Boulevard or whatever it was. Uh, Eastwood Ravine. Ravine, yeah. That was it. That was, that was it. But you would think that like they could they, they should have spent a little more time exploring... What changes did happen because he went further back in time and actually affected things, you know? Like, yeah. McFly, the the elder McFly at that point, uh, like, seemed like he had a better confidence boost, had $12 he didn't have before. There should have been some changes that the movie just didn't indicate. Yeah. Right. So. 
and, well, and even it, when he it, went back, it's supposed to be a comedy, and it's you're not supposed to doubt. It's it's not a butterfly effect, is basically what they're but saying. It is. It's like, but it is yeah, the well, first movie yes. established. It was yes, yes. So did the second yes. movie. Yes, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you on this fact, Michael. I'm just saying this is not supposed to be a. Ooh, what happens if you go back in the past? And these are the reasons you're not supposed to go back in the past. This is a ha fun thing. This could this could happen in the future, like the Cubs winning the World Series. That Which it's supposed to be for fun. But they did. But they did. Like they did, a year but after. not in the right year. Yeah, exactly. Like, they were really but, close on that, though. Okay. Well, like, I, <laughs> they with, tried with the, hard. With the third movie, though, like the first and second movie were all about, you know, yeah, it'd be neat to go back and change the past and or the future, but yeah. you probably shouldn't because there's dangers. And Doc Brown, who was supposed to be like the sane line of that, mm-hmm. was just like, you know what? I'm going to chase this skirt. Fuck that and noise. We make I a think time train. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just like, I love her, but she did though. Like, I mean, having having the his love interest in the third movie be a character that basically died be, uh, if he hadn't been around, like, actually allowed them to be like, well, it doesn't matter if she lives or dies because she wasn't supposed to be here anyway. Like, that, yeah. although her living should have changed the, like, okay, so there's, there's issues. Anyway, Josh, what else were you going to say? <laughs> that, uh, I don't know. The, the, the last half of the second movie is pretty rough. It is kind of, and I think that's where it loses steam for me, because it really is obsessed with the, the previous film. Like, I like the fact that they find a way to digitally edit the new versions of the characters into the old footage and bounce back and forth. It's a very, like, like with Forrest Gump, it's a very cool effect that they do there. But I don't yeah. feel like it's really, in, it's it's only in service to basically tie up a loose end from the start of the film but there's no real plot evolution there. It's like, well, this is a problem. Let's fix the problem. You know, like a lot of superhero films. Oh, here's the villain. Now we have to go defeat the villain. That's the whole of the character arc when you don't have anything else going on, and the back half of that film doesn't have anything else going on. I would have rather just seen them stay in the future the entire movie. That could have been cool. Yeah. The future, or maybe like do the future and then bounce like 10 years back and try and fix things so that in the future the events play out better or something. Kind of like mirroring the first film, but without like like using the same time period. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. I I think you really wanted, you want too much for this movie. What I really love about this movie, I mean, it's not as good as one and it's not as good as three, Mm. but what I really do love about this movie is that they try so hard to make things make sense. Hmm. They try so hard mm-hmm. to make it make sense. Um, and it, and actually, I, I didn't mind the acting from any of the actors. I still hate Biff. I really like um, Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Um, I really like Elizabeth Shue. I really like uh, Christopher, what's his name? Boy. What's his last name? Yeah, Boy. him. That one, the best Willy Floyd. Wonka ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it, it's it's still a really good cast, and it's still like they still try to rehash the old and blend it with the new. And my favorite part, of course, is the hoverboard and how they it, how they use it in the next movie is great. So mm-hmm. I, I give it a lot of props for that. I think I, a solid B is what I give this mm-hmm. movie for uh, for being what it is. 
Um, but granted, it is not as good as the first one. It's definitely uh, it falls short of the third one. But it's 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 a decent movie in a in a genre of uh, something that hadn't been done previously. Yeah, I mean, if I'm what? if I'm being nice, I will say say that it is a better sequel to its first movie than the Bill and Ted movies had because Bogus Journey is hard to get through at times. Yeah. yeah. I want to like that movie because I really like the Bill and Ted movies. And if you haven't seen it, the third one is fantastic. But yeah. That, is it really? Oh, yeah. I loved the no, movie. I, I thought it, it was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, the, I, the trailers made it kind of seem like you go either way. It's it's not quite as good as the first one. It doesn't quite have the free willing energy of the first one. But it does like manage to like add in new characters and tie up in a very satisfying way, which the second movie never Managed no, it, it did yeah. not do yeah. that. No, so anyway, yeah. So I like I like this movie better than the previous one. It's just it's very hard when you have a time travel series, anything beyond just one movie, to be like, well, we're going back in time again. Let's let's do more stuff in the past. Like that's part I think part of the reason why they didn't even bother doing that with the second Bill and Ted is. We've already done time travel. What are we going to do? Replay the same events from a different angle again? Back to the Future 2 kind of proved that didn't work as well. Yeah. But but you have to kind of, you know, uh, there's a suspension of disbelief going on here, too, in order to enjoy the movie overall, because, you know, the writers only wanted to get through their point A story. They didn't really have, as you've already said, they didn't really have it completely planned out well, in their story, in their part B. You know what I'm saying? It, like, it, they, it's perfectly I think clear. they made the movie with the intent of it being a soul movie and then decided at the end, after they saw the first movie, hey, we should do yeah. a second one. Yeah, no, that's yeah. entirely true. I, 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 I said in the review that for the website that I think that whole flying off into the future and to be continued was just like a joke gag ending they threw on there. Like... Oh, wouldn't it be funny if we got a sequel? Ha 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 ha. So let's do some some ridiculous setup and make the car fly because why not, you know? We're never going to have to film this. And then Universal's like, it's a massive hit. You have to film it now. Right, exactly. <laughs> Which is what they still do with some movies. And it's yeah. like, really? The, it wasn't a good enough movie. Why well, are you doing this? And, and Mike, just, just uh, as a point to your point, kind huh? of. The original theatrical release of Back to the Future didn't have the to be continued on it. Did that not? only showed it only showed up on the VHS releases. So it was just them flying off into the future and then credit roll? Mm-hmm. See, yeah, so that's that's exactly right. That just seems like a jokey tag ending they throw on there. Absolutely. There's absolutely no reason for it to be a to be continued in that angle. But and I think, honestly, in my opinion, it works better as a single standalone movie. Whether or not you get the conclusion of that future storyline, you kind of don't need it, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's the vibe of they're going to wander off, they're going to have an adventure, it's going to be fun. We don't have to see it, though, because it just kind of perpetuates their story. Whatever. You know? So. <sighs> No, I'm I'm in I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think in some ways I like the third one better. I, I, it still has flaws for me, and even if it is set in the 1800s, it's still weirdly obsessed with recreating scenes from the first one and rehashing characters from the first one. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, I could live with this movie, this trilogy being a single film. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, it, it's very reminiscent of the, you know, um, what is that Christmas movie? It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Except they have all of it, all of the past, present, future uh, in, well, they don't have the future, but they have the past and present in one movie. Mm-hmm. And it explains how, what could have happened if, and then, but it does a good it, it does a good thing of showing all of the past and and, and possible future. Mm-hmm. Whereas Back to the Future, you're right, it doesn't have a lot of continuity, which it should mm-hmm. have. If he ever stepped into the past or ever stepped into um, being from the past, stepping into the future, you've affected something just well, by mm-hmm. not being there. Even if you come back at the exact same time, which they don't explain yeah. in the first movie. And even if you, you, you know, you, you needed to be back exactly at the same time that you left, because if you're not, you, you screwed up time well, and the because thing, something will have happened without you there. The film, the first film does establish a certain amount of that. There are a lot of little gags that are active. Mm-hmm. Like I think one of my favorite moments from the first movie, and it's such a small thing is when Marty first goes to the mall to watch Doc Brown start, try the DeLorean the mall is called the Twin Pines Mall. Twin Pines, yeah. I was going yeah. to say the same thing. Yeah, see? Yeah. yeah, so you guys know what I'm talking about. And then he goes to the past after Doc, Doc <laughs> explains how this farmer had this whole idea about breeding pine trees. Uh, so he has two pine trees, and Marty, in the past, accidentally rolls over one of them. So that when he gets back to the future, it's now Lone Pine Mall. Which I think is such a dumb, fun little gag that like takes an hour to actually pay off. But... It shows that even little actions had consequences, and yeah. that's that's what I like about the first one is that it, the the producers and writers really thought about all the little consequences as well as the big ones. But the second and third movies don't have any of that intricate setup. No, yeah, and that's what was really missing. And they tried like they tried to do it in the third one with like the mm-hmm. Eastwood Ravine or whatever, but it's not the same. It's like it that's, no, no, that's that's a jokey reference, but. There's no real setup for it in the same respect, and it's not a payoff to something more to indicate, oh, while he's here, now he's going to be living in a mansion, or Biff Tannen never happened, so his parents got together some other... Like, you could see it if if the second movie was, like, a little bit of the future, and then he had to immediately go into the Wild West to save Doc. And then, like, mm-hmm. so because of his actions there, his parents never get together at all. And now he has to go to 1955 to re-change, like, fix things or find a different time period to get them together or something, you know. The actions should be different. So, like, the third movie would be consequences of him accidentally going into the Wild West. I'm not saying that's any better because it still feels like it's obsessed with 1955. But it's at least a different setup, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> wow, you really just don't like this movie. <laughs> I really don't like this movie. I don't like how it's constructed. I just don't. <laughs> we got anything funny. else on this? No, I think we're good. Okay. Well then, this has been Not So Life from Asteroid G. I am Mike Finkelstein, clearly not a time traveler from 1955. Are you sure? Uh, probably. Oh. I'm, I'm Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> from what year? 1987. Nice. And I'm Queen Bee from the present. <laughs> and-
and we will see you next time.